So, let's talk about some Star Trek Discovery. I watched um, the episode, I think, the other day, and uh, I wanted to do <clears throat> a review on it. And if you haven't been watching this show, unfortunately, the show's on the CBS All Access. And that sucks, man, because this is a pretty good show. Um, it's like the best Star Trek series ever, which I would, in, in the sense that if it was shown on normal TV, or maybe even on Netflix. I think it'd be better if it was on Netflix, honestly. But people would watch it. And then they would like... Like, if they're not fans of the series, they would then become fans. They're like, what's this new show? Because it's science fiction-y. They try it out and like, oh, this show's pretty good. And then that would then create more Star Trek fans that didn't exist. And then old Star Trek fans would then watch the show, of course. Because I'm a Star Trek fan. And they would like it, of course. Eh, there's some dissidents between the Star Trek fans, though. There's, like, hardcore Trek fans who don't like it and other Star Trek fans who do. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. Uh, it's almost split down the middle. And there's some, like, real hate for this fucking show if you're a Star Trek fan, which is fucking weird. You know, most people would discount it, you know, like, if they didn't like it, right, fuck this show. That's what they would do. But uh, because it's um, Star Trek... Uh, and you know how people are with things they like. They hate the things they like if they don't like it. It's kind of a weird thing. Huh? Kind of like Star Wars. You know, when I first watched Star Wars, I thought, you know, the Star Wars Eight movie. I was like, oh man, I fucking love this movie. I'm a big Star Wars fan. And then like how they fucked up some things, and then I fucking ended up hating it. Even though there was only certain parts that I didn't like, um, it just ruined the movie for me. Even though the movie's pretty good, it's just that. You know, there's certain parts that just ruin it for me. And that's probably why people like the movie as it is, because they're not fans. So, ergo, Star Trek, you know. More people, I think, would like it because they're not fans. And then you would say half the Star Trek fan base would like it. And the other half would just hate on it. So, I say, my my, my calculation, 75% more people would like Star Trek. There you go. So, um, this is episode 14 that just came out. And uh, who we is it good? There's no action in it, and that's that's pretty cool. I mean, there was no action, and like, what am I saying here? This is, it's pretty cool, but I didn't even think about it. I, I was listening to some podcasts, and they were talking about it. They're talking some nerd. I, I listen to nerd podcasts about Star Trek, and they were talking about it. They're like, there's no action, and it didn't dawn on me because I didn't think about that. Because when you watch the show that episode you're like whoa you're on the edge of your seat because this shows a lot of action and kind of things happen but it, they had enough science fiction in there and, and if you've ever watched real science fiction movies there's not no action there's stuff happening and this movie had a lot of stuff happening a lot of talking and it was really good it was like one of the best episodes of the season which is weird because they only have 14 episodes they've really done a lot with 14 episodes ergo some problems but we'll get into that later on um so recapping the episode before this um pretty much they they went to a mirror universe like a, a dimension where you know all bad star trek you know <laughs> you have good star trek they went to bad star trek and um they pretty much got away and destroyed all the bad guys kind of thing and now they're in our reality and um one of the king bad guys in the um, 
bad Star Trek universe, also known as the Mirror Universe, is Emperor Giorgio, my favorite character. Now, she's a bad, bad guy in, in the greatest extent, you know. And uh, but you you forget about all that when you when she starts acting and doing things. My wife doesn't particularly like her, but I think her acting is top notch. I have to say, um, the episode cuts in with them on the on the ship. They have just you know teleported from you know the bad guy's ship, and there they are. And you know it's it's like whoa, what the fuck? What's going on here? Captain Giorgio, who was a good guy in, in the good Star Trek universe. And then the first things out of her mouth is, uh, you're taking orders from a Kelpian? So she's, she's seeing this guy named Saru, and he's like captain of his ship as of now. And uh, she, she just not too long ago ate this dude. Like, they eat these dudes, these sentient beings. They just, like, cook them up in soup and just eat them like a, like kind of like a lobster. And uh, she's like, what the fuck? And then, um, you know, um what's her name uh marco burnham she goes and uh disarms her and they do this cool thing where they transport her to like a quarters restricted quarters kind of like prison but like you know like a house house arrest and it's weird too they're using they utilize the transporter system quite a bit like like site to site transport i remember the first time so in transporter for those who don't know what star trek is like they got this thing called transporter where they they teleport you to one spot to another place and usually they do it from the spaceship to say the um the uh a planet or to another ship and um i remember uh in star trek next generation the first time they did a site-to-site teleport that's what they call it transport is uh and i think um who does it first I think it's Data. Data does the thing where he teleports himself to one part of the ship to another. I thought that was so cool, you know? And now they're just doing it, like, all the time in this show. You know, Lorca does it on the reg. Well, anyways, so they, uh, after that, there's this, um, there's this instance where Saru, uh, goes, you're with me, and then he, like, tells, um, What's her name? Michael Brunham to walk with them, which is pretty cool. He's like, he really takes authority well. And it's cool because the character that he is, he comes from a race of cowards, you know, like, like they're genetically afraid all the time. That's, that's their genome. And he's so like, he, 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 he oozes with confidence and that's such a weird dynamic, right? He's very confident, but he's afraid of you. He thinks he can die and he's stronger than you. But he's afraid. It's kind of weird how like uh, that is because what animal hunts them down? Because they got to be stronger than him, right? Anyways, so they're walking down the hallway, which is pretty cool because like as they're walking down the hallway, you get to see how like there's a life to that ship. There's a bunch of extras and building things, and it's so subtle. But in reality, I mean, if you ever watch Star Trek, it never looked like that. Like, you'd see two people building something, a person doing something. Here you got, like, hundreds, and it looks like a real ship, and that's pretty cool. They do it so well that you don't even notice it. You just think, oh, yeah, business as usual, but in real Star Trek, it's never like that. And I, it's it's kind of a weird thing, too, because I don't know if this is bad writing or, the, I don't know, they can't, they don't have enough time to talk about shit, but this lady literally admitted to eating these people... And Saru's pissed because 
Burnham didn't even tell him that those people existed. Because Saru's like, hey, yo, um, is there any of my kind in this universe? And she says no. And he's pissed about that. Not, hey, did you eat me? Did you eat people like me? You would think there'd be a little bit of more conversation. She fucking, the emperor literally said, yeah, we eat you fucking people. And he's just like, doesn't even care. He just, he's just happy that there's people like him out there, you know? And uh, she she quickly gets him to forgive him by saying, you know, I didn't want to hurt your feelings, you know. And then they, they do a thing on why she brought um, Philippa back. and It's kind of weird. Um, it's kind of weird that they didn't make a big deal about that. Nah, but whatever. So they uh, they have the ship, right? And then uh, they're, they're floating along in, in our universe, in the normal universe. And all of a sudden... Another ship comes and disarms the ship, and it's the Admiral, the Admiral, the good Admiral, if you ever watched. So, like, if you, you haven't watched the show, it's not going to make any sense. So watch Star Trek Discovery. But if you have and you want to listen to my thoughts, here, here they are. I'm just saying, because I, I can't just explain all the supposition. So this Admiral comes out, and she's, uh, she's pretty pissed. And the first thing, she comes with this one guy named uh, Sarak. He's a, he's a Vulcan. And the first thing he does is uh, grab up. <laughs> the beta if it were he grabs up saru's head and he does this thing called a mind mel where he pr- basically forces his brain to merge with the other dude's brain to read all his thoughts mind meld right and um it's funny how like saru uh, like lets this happen because he like first he says what are you doing oh and then he just sits down that's <laughs> it's a true beta it, it his confidence means nothing in reality because he's just always afraid so this vulcan just takes him down real easy <laughs> he's just like give me that brain you know and it's like a form of rape too because he just grabs him up and this just sucks all the knowledge out of him you know against his will they didn't even talk and then after that he's just like oh they've been through some shit because he knows everything which is a cool little plot mechanism to be like hey yeah we know everything now but i mean they could have you know they really could have just done the uh you know they have a conference call like they they're the star trek synonymous with the all the people that are important gathering around a table and talking shit over so they could have just cut away and then it'd been a table but they had to do a saru um sarak rape scene kind of you know it is what it is i mean like literally he just puts his hands on his head without his permission and reads his thoughts i mean it's intense you know but i guess you know war makes that okay (laughs) and uh let's see here you know, you know what? Also, Saru, he he on another episode not too long ago, uh, just almost killed two of his friends just so he could be on a planet where he wasn't afraid. But they forget about that, and it's only been like fourteen episodes. It's a weird thing that only in fourteen episodes you feel like so much shits went down, and that's only because. They had so much time in between. So you had, what, six, seven episodes and then a space of time. And then, like, three months later, they, they aired the other seven episodes. And I guess that's your illusion of there's been a lot of time. But if you're binge-watching this, I wonder if it'd be the same effect. I don't know. Um, uh, the Admiral's pretty angry as they're <laughs> – so th- this, there's this guy, Captain Lorca, and he was actually a bad guy this whole time. And he would eat these fortune cookies in a bowl, right? 
And um, that the first scene, Admiral, uh, the Admiral, she's so pissed off at this guy. She shoots shoots one of those bowls down for no reason, you know, just like, oh, fuck this guy. So he's dead. Uh, she's so angry. Um, I guess they go into more detail on how the Klingons are winning the universe, you know, like they're they've in the nine months time that Discovery's been away in the alternate universe. You know, they weren't gone for nine months. They kind of time traveled, but whatever. Um, the the Klingons have taken over, and they explain the reason why they've taken over is because they do this. Uh, there's no one in charge, so they're just kind of like um, being like bullies. They're just all there's like 24 different factions of the Klingons, and they're all just kind of just attacking randomly, saying who could who could kick ass more. Um. Let's see here. Uh, so it's like, whoa, what the fuck? And um, okay, so they also talk to the uh, admiral or the admiral, the emperor. They have like the admiral talks to the emperor, and they're like, what the fuck? She does look like uh, our our Philippa. That's her name. And it's cool how she talks. She's very regal as she's walking around, like she fucking owns the place because she was an emperor. But, like, Michelle Yao, the, the actress who plays her, does it real well, man. She's just like, I fucking own everything here. It's your, it's destiny, you know? <laughs> and it feels like, as she's talking to them, it seems like she's d devising plans on how to take over that universe or whatever. But I kind of hope they do a story arc like that. No, we'll see. Uh, so there's this guy named Tyler Ash, Ash Tyler. And what happened, okay, so, so there's a convoluted plot in Star Trek Discovery, which I think is bad writing. Um, I, and I, and I, at first I thought they made these shows all in one, and then they just, you know, released it. But it feels like that they changed the stories as they were writing them. So it feels like they were just making the story week to week or something like that. Because they had this plot where uh, this guy named Volk, he was like a, like a Klingon leader guy. And what they did was, this is weird, they shaved his body down, like, because he's a Klingon, so he's big. They morphed his body, so like, and they did it brutally. They couldn't do some kind of a genetic re-engineering, but they did something where they shaved his bones down, cut his heart up, and basically made him human, right, but super strong human. And then, then they put a human's consciousness in that guy's body. And so um, what would happen is the human consciousness would, like, be alive and you would then – he would then take over whatever, become, you know, a Star Trek dude, you know, a Federation guy, Starfleet guy, and then Volk, the bad guy, would come out and, you know, take over. And, like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what, what the, why didn't they <coughs> – why didn't they just put the clean on consciousness in the human body? But – I guess they wanted a physicality, but then they, they could have gave him some kind of ability to be super strong. I don't know. I thought it was convoluted to reduce a Klingon to a human size and then put a human's brain in him and then make him look human. I don't know. Well, anyways, they somehow, through the magic of laser hands, uh, took out the Klingon's brain out of there. So you got a human guy inside of a Klingon's body that was shaved down to look like a human, right? Confusing. But they kind of gloss over that kind of shit, you know, just because they understand it's convoluted. I think they understand it. Whenever you have fast um, sleight of hand like that, it means they wrote something 
bad, but they want to push forward greater plots because there is good storytelling in this, but they gloss over the simple things, and that's what most Star Trek fans are all about. They're all kind of they're all about continuity and you know storytelling, and they don't like that kind of you know sleight of hand kind of thing because they have to nitpick everything. So. You know, that kind of writing is really the failure of the other 50% of Star Trek fans who don't like the show. And um, so I guess, uh, so you know, so I gave you some subplot on Ash Tyler. So Ash Tyler, he turns into a Klingon for a bit and uh, in the episodes prior. And he kills this one dude who's a doctor. And he, and, um, he so happens to be in love or they're married to this other guy who's the engineer. And um, he also choke slams his girlfriend, you know, and that sucked. And but now he's good now because due to the miracle of laser hands, um, he's back to normal. But he's sad faced because he remembers everything. So he's walking down the corridor, which is weird because he has freedom too. That's the thing. So they're like, oh yeah, let's just let him be free because he's he's human now. We trust him, but not too much. So we're gonna give him a little bracelet so he, he knows not to fucking get out of line and uh saru's the one who's like hey look i get it you're you're a good guy now you're not a bad guy i get it and saru is the person to say this shit because not too long ago saru almost killed this guy just to stay on a planet he wasn't affected by anything he just wanted to do that he made a actual choice to do that and he's like hey man who am i to judge he doesn't say that but that's what it is that's that's what it gotta be you know so Ash Tyler walking around the hallways like, you know, nothing, and he's all sad face. He bumps into this guy named Stamus, who's the engineer. He's a pivotal character, and he was the lover of, of the doctor he killed. And they, 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 they do the scene between each other where they're like, do you feel bad? That you, he goes, I, I'm sorry I did what I did. I was under the influence, da 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 and uh, Stamus is like, do you feel bad? Well, I guess you're still human. And then he walks off. I have to say that that was the weakest writing in this entire show. It, it like, it, okay, one, they didn't convey that these two guys were lovers enough, I think. I, mean, I don't know why. I, I, get, I get they're gay. Maybe, maybe they want to push the agenda. Maybe they should have let some time go by before they killed them. Maybe have some flashbacks. I don't know, but when he died, I felt pretty bad about it because I was like, man, I really like that guy, and uh, you didn't really get much of him, And then, uh, but it worked for later parts of the story to push Damas forward, I think, but when, um, when he got over it so quick, you know, you talk about the love of your life and they fucking die, you, you don't just be like, hey, I'm totally okay with it. So maybe there's some weak story writing because cause could it be that he it's because he crosses dimensions and all time and space. And so like, you know, things like grief doesn't really affect them as much. I don't know. But I think the death of your lover and confronting the killer should have been more writing. I mean, if you watch if you watch any kind of movie, read a book, write a story, fucking read the news, a person who loves somebody who got murdered and then you're talking to the person should be a little bit more of a lengthy conversation, maybe a fight, because that that's real emotion. Like you really don't know what you're gonna say until it happens. You don't be like, oh, okay, well, you you feel bad. Well, I guess you're human after all. You know what? I mean, if they didn't have 
the writing chops, they shouldn't put those two together. They shouldn't have tightened that up. They should have been, I don't know, ah, fuck, man, dude. They should have. They wasted their fucking time, dude. They, I hope in another episode, address that. Like, I didn't know what to say, so I just said that, you know, or something. Because I can imagine a situation where there's a firefight and Ash Tyler saves his fucking life or gives his life for this dude or something to that effect where it's like, I fucking hate you, but you protected me or something, man, anything. But Ash Tyler killed this dude's lover and they just like fucking just pass by each other. And the writers really shouldn't have wrote anything. They should have let time go by or wrote something more lengthy to give it the credit that it's due because it's not like they're just two passing by they are connected deeply because he killed that dude's lover he will never see that dude again or maybe he will who knows you know star trek and everything but they really should have pushed forward on that one so i'm pretty sad about that that was really weak sauce uh see here let's go to my other note here Take a bite of my pizza I've just been looking at. Okay. Okay. So they're going to a star base. Um, the whole ship is going to a star base 001. And by the way, why aren't there two ships? Because the Admiral came from another ship. Why isn't there two ships? I don't know. They're going to a star base. It's funny too because there's star bases. Zero, two, four, six, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of star bases. But they're going to zero, 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 one, which has to be close to Earth in some way. In fact, I think they say it's 128 AUs away from Earth, which means it's near Earth. Um, anyway, zero, zero, one, and uh, it's destroyed and tagged. It's tagged like, well, it's taken over by the Klingons, so it's like um, the House of dog dog or something like that and it took over and the admiral's like fucking stunned she's like holy shit man i didn't think they'd get this far and they're like what do we do what do we do and then saru takes over as confident as he is he goes get the fuck out of here let's get the fuck out of here and saru is cool because he's like it's how do i explain this he he's always afraid so What's more stuff? It's like he can't be more afraid. He's just always afraid. So when shit like this goes down, he, he's he's ready for it. It's not that big of a deal. So he takes a takes a command. That's pretty cool though. I really like that character. I really like a character who has a handicap and overcomes it. Like beyond overcomes it. That's like like a guy in a wheelchair and he fucking wins a marathon or some shit like that. Or I don't know, a blind guy who can paint better than you or or, or, you know, a blind guy who could do good sword fighting. Saru has a handicap. He's fucking afraid. Like, terrified from the day he is born. And he's just like, let's get the fuck out of here. And he, and he just overcomes it. And that that's so cool, man. <laughs> like, this show is so good <laughs> in that respect. Let's see here. Uh, so, the Admiral, she's all freaked out. And uh, so, she's mad. And she goes to talk to her. There's a prisoner. Uh, her name is Laurel, I think her name is. And she's the one who created Ash Tyler. She's the one who created the spy. She's a Klingon too, so she's in jail. So the Admiral's like, what the fuck is your deal, guys? What is your deal? How do we fucking, where does it end? What do we do? She expl The Klingon explains it won't, you know. Uh, no, first she explains, your guys are winning, 
but you're all like a hundred. You're not. You're not united. You guys are just killing us. And she's like, "This is good." And then she goes, "But didn't your Takuvma, your you know, your Messiah, like wanted you guys to be united?" And she goes, "Well, this is also yes, but this is good too." She said that the Klingons live by like a code of ethics. They want to just fight. They that's what they do. And then she goes, "But to what end?" And and then she explains Takuvma's uh, philosophy to to remain Klingon, right? They're all gonna be united. And he, and she goes. Uh, and, and he also, I guess he also said that their, their culture was turning them into good guys, and that was no good. And um, she explains that that the Federation wouldn't have done anything to your culture. They remain. You could do whatever you want to do. We're not gonna, we're not gonna turn you into Federation people like us. You guys just all of a, you guys. Why is it that you guys are still doing this? And she goes. Well, that's just how we are, and then she goes. She goes. But to what end? You're just killing us. You know, you don't want anything. She goes. Yeah, the only way to beat us is to bring us into submission. Now, I have to say, let me pause this sense of thought right here. Okay, other than Star Trek, what are they? They are drawing a parallel without even knowing it. You know, you got a culture that that they have their own culture, their own beliefs, and everything else. And they're destroying the Federation because they don't want any influence from them. In fact, that's the that's what they are. Unless you're Klingon, you're you're not part of the party, so you need to go down. And I I thought they drew a real big uh, parallel to like the erratic, well not erratic, uh, the 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 what are they called? Irrational, extreme extreme Muslim uh, people like extremists, you know, like. No one, no Americans are really messing with them in their culture, but because our culture is so rich, you know, some people will watch TV or something, even though they're, not, I guess, they're not supposed to or whatever. And then they got that culture in them, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? I do want to be equal to a man." And, you know, this is a woman, and they're like, "Fuck this! This needs to stop." So they need to stop the culture. And this is what the Federation is is dealing with. They got a culture of war versus our culture of peace and that the two realities can't exist so that's why they want to destroy the federation they they want to fight that's what they want to do and if you're not clean on you're not down for the cause so you need to go down and and extend and, and they took that to an extreme you know not all muslims are terrorists you know be, but there are terrorist mu muslims that's that's a real thing and they they, they draw their their beliefs off of um, the Quran, you know, they just cherry pick all the bad parts. It's funny too because you got your good Muslim, and they cherry pick the parts that are that they like, and they don't, you know, behead anybody because they they don't read that part, you know, of the Quran. But then you got the 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 radicals. They read only, I guess, they take everything to heart, even the bad. So that's why they do the hard shit that they do. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, they, they're fighting a war just to do it, you know, just because our culture inflicts with their culture. And there can only be one winner, you know, and that, well, for us, we'll, we'll let you be. But for them, it's like, no, we can't just let you be, you know. You you don't believe in this shit, so you got to go down, you know. You got to behead you if you're not if you're not down with the faith, you know. That's in there. And uh, there you go. The Klingons are like, hey, look, look, bro, you're not Klingon. We like war. You need to die. Now we're going to carve you guys up. 
and she realizes this, you know, and the way she they've been fighting up to this point is, you know, like, would, <laughs> how do we fight a race of people that all they want to do is destroy you? You know, that's it. That's it. And here you are as a culture raised to not destroy not to obliterate another culture because because you've learned from the past you know they, they the federation from like earth you know so they're like hey look we did all these bad things we can't go back you know that's we'll lose progress we'll lose who we are so that's a conflicting interest meanwhile the klingons are like we're gonna fucking kill you there's no conflict or anything it's we're gonna kill you and that's it and that that's the problem with the federation they don't know what to do about that you know you if you go to that, they should have just created better weapons. That way, they could have defended themselves. But they didn't do that. Oh well. Anyways, so <clears throat> she understands the philosophy, and uh, it's funny too because, like in in Star Trek: Next Generation, they had another race like that called the Borg, and Q was trying to explain to them, look. It, it doesn't matter what you think. There's no understanding you can do. You can't talk to them. You can't reason with them. You can't make a parlay. You can't talk to them like, hey, yeah, it's cool when you destroyed the, when you beheaded all those people or whatever. You can't do that. You can't, you, you can't just be okay with that. The Borg are going to destroy you, period. And then that's it. And that's what the Klingons are effectively doing, which is cool because if this is canon, which it is, <clears throat> the war with the Klingons ends with us winning, or just, you know, a parlay, not or like a, a thing where they don't fight each other. I forgot the word, and uh, then it ends up with us, you know, you know, being all of us being peaceful, right? And so that through that they think, well, we could change the Borg too, and that's why it just doesn't work, you know. Um, that's pretty cool that they, they that went down. I was knocked down, was knocked down my uh, headset. So the emperor, uh, so they talked to the emperor of the other universe. Where in her universe, she beaten every race, beaten them into submission, and they they talked to her because she has a different kind of a strategy. And she explains that the Klingons are like a cancer, you know, like they all spread, but you got to get to the root of the matter. And the root of the matter is Kronos. So they came up with this cockamamie plan where they're gonna go to Kronos, the 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 planet of the Klingons, you know, and if you if you fuck their planet up, then all the Klingons will go back home to defend it. And at the same time, they're about to defend Earth, which is the heart of the Federation. So it's kind of like who gets who's king, you know, like in a game of chess. You gotta go to the heart, you know. So that that's the strategy, right? And um let's see here. Plan to attack the heart. So um after that, they're like they came up with the plan what they're gonna do. They're gonna teleport inside the fucking planet and map it out, and I don't know what the fuck, blow it up. I don't know. So they're not gonna blow it up. They're gonna hurt it really bad. So then there's a, another conversation between uh, the Emperor and Sarek, and Sarek they're talking, and they, the reason they're talking is because they have kind of a common interest, Michael Burnham. See, Sarek raised Michael Burnham. And in her universe, the Emperor, she raised Michael Brunham. So they kind of have an affinity for her. And he, she explains that she gave one strategy, but it won't work. What they need to do is beat them up badly, and she can do it. She just wants to go home. And which is weird, Sarak, 
wasted no time mind raping like that one guy. It's because he was weak, I guess. He didn't even bother to do that to her. You know, like, I mean, you could know all her plans right away. But no, 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 he's just going to talk to her. I guess you can reason it that if he did do that, the strategies that she had wouldn't work. I don't know. Maybe the way she strategizes on reflex, so the knowledge that she has to, to strategize wouldn't work. But a mind meld is a melding of minds, so you would think she would, nah, fuck, I don't know. This is weird that she took down that one guy, but she, he didn't do anything this lady. Man, she would have fucking fucked him up, though, probably. Uh, let's see here, Sark, why? why not? Emperor, probably, okay, logic. He probably used logic. <laughs> I think that's his bad writing. Uh... So Sarek, he's got a plan. I guess they came up with a plan, him and the Emperor, but they don't tell us. And Sarek is about to leave the, the ship, and they have a convo. He has a convo with basically his daughter, uh, Michael Burnham. They're talking to each other, right? And he's all like, look. Um, she's, she's, ta she's talking about how sad she is and that Tyler is there and how he betrayed her. But he, she understands that that was, that was old Tyler, but this is new Tyler, and he's a good guy and all that shit. And Sarek you know tries to console her and then he says this one thing that that was fucking tight as fuck as he's leaving he's kind of he's kind of because uh, the vulcans are logic and they don't really have emotions but it looked like he was hiding emotion when he said this he goes he goes never never regret loving someone ever you know and then he just walks off and with that there's so much uh, con compressed in that you know you know never regret loving someone because Although there's bad, there's also good, you know. There's countless hundreds of songs talking about it's better to love than ne to never love at all. You know, that's an age-old term, you know. Because through that, even if it's bad, grew you up, you know. That makes you, makes you, makes you grow as a person, you know. If you're a person of value, you grow from each loving relationship that you're in, you know. Whether good or bad. Alright, so um, that was pretty tight. Him never regret. That's, what a great actor that guy is. He was in Gotham. I thought he was cool there too. <laughs> I like that guy. All right, here we go. Uh, Burnham and Tyler. So finally, this whole time, everyone's trying to push these two together. Burnham and Tyler. Right. This is like the crux of the episode. While they're making mushrooms on a planet, so that they could teleport wherever the fuck they want. Um, so life is being made on this dead planet. Tyler has a lot of conversation with uh, Michael Burnham, and which is weird. He kind of goes to her to hug her kind of thing, and she kind of steps back. And he does remember everything that happened, so I don't understand why he would do that. He's so insensitive, you know. Like, how could she – how could you think that some – okay, imagine you're in a relationship, and then I guess oh, you're possessed by something, and you beat the fuck out of your girl – uh, well, he doesn't beat the fight. He chokes her, you know, but that's pretty violent, right? And then she beats him up, whatever. Why would you, um, even if he came back to your senses, why would you go try and hug this person? It wasn't like he was drunk. But I guess you could say that, though. It's kind of like if you're drunk and you beat him. Well, but you made yourself drunk. I don't know. He had no choice in this. And that's why he went and did what he did. But still, regardless, you know, give the give the lady some time. It was only two episodes episodes ago that you fucking try to kill her <laughs> i mean damn uh they talk it out she's like hey look i can't get with you this is fucking weird you try to kill me and i keep thinking you're like a clean dog so you're nasty 
she doesn't say that, but I mean, come on, that's what, that's what we're going with. And, um, you know, I guess as that relationship's ending, you got a world making life. So I guess that was like a parallel, whatever. Uh, both the love stand. Oh, you know what? Okay, here we go. Here's, here's bad writing. I thought one, they didn't develop this relationship. Well, I give you that. I mean, maybe they should have let some time pass, use flashbacks to convey this has been working. They've been together for a year, something, right? Cause they would have more power or something like that. And then they, they finally, uh, cons- you know, like when those relationships where <clears throat> you know each other for a bit and then finally you, you know, cross that threshold and it's a new relationship and it's good. It's a good relationship. That's what it should have been. But this is how it worked. They met each other and they just got with each other. Now they're deeply in love with each other, which is, I guess, I guess that's, I guess that's good, but I would have preferred like a, one of those, I've known you for a bit, for a year, and then we got together, and it's the best shit ever. Not, hey, I met you, best shit ever. I think that's too weak. But whatever, that's just a, a preference choice. Now, uh, them talking to each other seems a bit, fo- you know what, that aspect alone, I think it's okay if they break up. But even then, that doesn't even feel like right. I don't know. I think they should have let that ferment it a little. So, okay, so the, it ends with, um, the episode ends with the Emperor becoming the Captain, Philippa. And uh, there's a big lie, the Admiral's, Captain Philippa, we found her, she could be the Captain. Now, this was kind of weird and confusing, is when she sits down, um, they show cuts of the other uh, actors on the on the ship, and... They're kind of like happy about it. And I was like, the fuck is going on here? Didn't she just kill like a bunch of people in her? She comes from a universe where she kills. She's Hitler. You know, it's like because the, the, in the evil universe, it's all about the Federation. You know, no, no other aliens. Fuck all aliens, you know. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing that she sits down and everyone's just cool with it. My wife was like, that's stupid that she's the captain. And I argued that. The reason why she's captain is because she's pivotal to the strategy of fucking these Klingons up. So she'll need a ship to coordinate attacks as well as strategize. So she needs to be on the front lines, that kind of thing. So, I mean, but it's kind of weird that they're, like, acting like she's not the uh, emperor. And everyone's just acting like she wasn't. So whatever that is. Uh, I thought it was a badass episode regardless. Uh, not much action, but holy shit, was there a lot of good talking <laughs> and a lot of good scenes. I, thought, I just thought it was really well made. I know I dog some of the, the parts, but I do it out of love. It was a good show. It's a good show. Lots of weird Star Trek hate. Yeah, there's a lot of weird Star Trek hate, especially with the ep- last episode. People didn't like that. A lot of like Star Trek nerds didn't like that episode. And I can't imagine why, you know, I, I can. I get I get the little things that they nitpick. They just couldn't, like, settle and watch the episode for what it was, you know. They had to, like, nitpick, like, action sequences. There's a part where they're, like, uh, Kobayashi Maru kind of talk, you know, callbacks to Star Trek. And I guess that didn't settle well with some fans. And I'm just, I guess you can't use old Star Trek callbacks. 
And they had given a sufficient amount of time too. Like it's stupid. At like each episode, you're talking about some some Star Trek trope, you know. But then um, this one, it's like they just called back a couple of things. I thought I thought it was good. A lot of people shat on it, and that's that's sad. It's a weird thing. I really like this show. I'm a Star Trek fan, but I guess there's harder nerds. They just don't like it. And that's pretty much my Star Trek review.